PDPW On Demand. Welcome to this week's PDPW podcast, where Hank Wagner focuses on the believable as we look at our belief system. Let's join Hank, who asks the important question, what makes you tick? So today I want to talk to you about an extremely important person. But it's also a person that's very hard to understand and to deeply know. Yet I would say that it's also the most important person to know and to understand. Because this person determines all of your thoughts, all of your words, all of your actions, your habits, your behaviors, everything that comes out from you is determined by this person. And this person is you. You are an extremely important person. And today I want to go a little bit deeper into helping you understand not just you, but also other people because we all have the opportunity to understand and to be more aware of this process that I've been talking about, which is our thinking and then our corresponding words, habits, behaviors, everything that comes as a result of what we allow to go through our thinking process. And today we're going to talk about or dig into belief systems, which is directly related or connected to our thinking. All people have belief systems. You have belief systems. 80% of belief systems are in place by the time we're 8 years old. 100% by the time we reach age 18 which kind of explains why it gets tough to teach a teenager and why they get the thinking or the belief that they already know everything. They have it figured out. It's not their fault. It is because they have most things figured out. In their mind, they've established truths about everything. It doesn't mean it's true, it doesn't mean it's right, but they've established beliefs, belief systems. I've got a four-year-old grandson, and he's a, he's a sharp little guy, and he carries one of the traits that uh, my wife, his mom Pam, has. It's like uh, they, they have an internal GPS. They, they're really good about directions. Once they've been somewhere, they know exactly how to get there. They, they remember the road names. They know where people live. This little guy is four years old. And one day, I'm picking him up from daycare, and we're on our way home, and I turn the blinker and begin to, to take a turn down this road, and he said, Grandpa, Grandpa, what are you doing? I said, well, we're going home. He said, no, you can't go that way. I said, what do you mean you can't go this way? He said, that's not the way you take, Grandpa. You have to go straight, and then you turn down this road, and he's telling me the road name. He's giving me the, all the directions on, on how we're supposed to drive to get home. And I said, Jackson, honey, there's, there's more than one way that you can take to get home. No, there isn't, Grandpa. And I, part of me wanted to not get into an argument with the four-year-old, and part of me wanted to help him understand 
that just because he thinks there's only one way to go home, that's not true. Because I get the big picture. So I take the road, and of course he's not happy with me because I didn't listen and because we're going to get lost and we're not going to get home. And we got home, and I think he understood that we made it home, but I don't think he he got the understanding or the realization that there's more than one way to take to get home. He had belief systems already established in place with a number of things, not just how to drive home. One time we were taking care of a couple of neighbor kids. We were in a vehicle driving somewhere. And uh, it was a brother and sister, and the sister was, I don't know what the exact age, seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. And somehow our discussion got to talking about vehicles. And she said, all Fords are junk. And I said, really? I, um, how did you come to that conclusion or that belief that all Fords are junk? And she says, well, I don't know. I said, well, did you, did you look at data to, to see uh, the, how often uh, Fords are, are repaired compared to others uh, or the extent of repairs or, or anything like that? And she said, no, my, my dad said, all Fords are junk and Chevys are the best. I said, oh, well, that's interesting. And, and you ne- you've never questioned it. Well, no, my dad said so. So I said, well, that's interesting. And as we drove along, I pointed out, I said, do you know what, what kind of vehicle that is? Is that a Ford or a Chevy? Well, I don't know. She didn't even know the difference between a Ford and a Chevy, but she knew her belief system now says that Fords are junk and Chevys are the best. And she'll continue with that belief for the rest of her life unless something causes her to consciously change her belief. And all of us are like that. We all have beliefs that are currently in place. And this tells me a few things. Number one, we must be extremely careful with young people. Because at this very young age, under eight years old, they're already establishing beliefs that will determine actions, habits, behaviors, words for the rest of their life. So I believe that we must intentionally intentionally speak to these young children. And that we must speak correctly. We must speak positive words. Speak life into them. We also need to be very careful or aware of what else is influencing those beliefs. It's a really hard time to be a young person today. And given what's happening, given the trends that we're seeing, I don't expect that it's going to be getting any easier in generations to come. These young people are being bombarded with all kinds of things that are impacting their beliefs. Social media, phones, movies, music, TV, 
friends, news, fake news. These young people are having to to decide what to believe at an age where they don't really have the capacity to determine what's right or wrong, what's true or false. They need people in their lives who are helping them establish correct beliefs. You see, once we consciously believe something, our subconscious accepts that as truth. So we all have truths that we are believing. And it's in our subconscious. We don't, we don't even think about it anymore. We don't question it. Just like this young lady doesn't question whether, whether Chevys are good or not. It's already programmed that Chevys are good and Fords are bad. But what's even more interesting or important to understand is that once that is stored away, once a particular belief is stored away in our subconscious or unconscious, our subconscious actually looks for evidence to show us that what we believe is correct. We don't need to tell it to do that. We don't need to push a certain button to do that. It does it all by itself. Whatever we believe, it looks for evidence to back up that belief. So this young lady who thinks that all Fords are junk, every time she hears about somebody who has to have a Ford vehicle repaired, it's going to become immediately brought to her attention. Yep, see, Fords are junk. Why is that important? Because we need to understand that that belief system is is really hard to change because our subconscious is showing us that it's true, that it's right, that it's correct. So it's almost impossible to get out of that rut. If we believe that people are dumb, if that's what's programmed then it's going to continue to point out all of the the reasons why we should believe or continue to believe that people are dumb. I talked to a person one time who, who moved into our neighborhood. And he wanted to know what the neighbors or the community was like here. And I said, well, I guess what I would like to know is what were the people like where you came from. Because his belief about people not only determined what he believed about the people where he came from, but it would also determine his belief about the people in this neighborhood. If he believed that deep down people were good, then that's what he would believe about his neighbors, even in those times where they made mistakes or did wrong things. And then he would treat his neighbors with respect and value because he believed in them. He believed that they were good. You see, our our belief systems impact what we do, what we say, how we treat others. 
So what should we do with these belief systems? Well, first of all, I, I think what's really important is that we need to be aware of them. We need to be more aware of our beliefs. And, and how, how can we become more aware of our beliefs? There's nowhere we can print out our current beliefs or go into the doctor's office and get hooked up to some software and it, and it uh, brings up on the screen all of our current beliefs and we can decide to delete or alter specific ones. It's not that easy. The best way to know what our beliefs are is to listen. Listen to ourselves. Listen to what we speak. Listen to how we speak or, or what gets us really irritated or excited. It'll give us a clue to how strong those beliefs are. And the same thing, ironically, is how you determine the beliefs of others. You listen. And just because you believe something does not mean it is true. The opposite is also true. Just because you don't believe it does not mean that it is not true. We need to be very careful with the beliefs that we have. And whether you realize it or not, all of those beliefs that are put in you were consciously allowed to become truth by you. Now the sad part is that all happened at a very young age when those beliefs and that thinking should have been impacted and influenced by your parents, by your family, by wise people surrounding you to help you develop correct beliefs. But for a lot of people today, that's not happening. And we're allowing technology and very unfortunate negative influences to impact the belief systems of our future leaders. Now you're probably thinking this isn't really that big of a deal and, and you know that some people have belief systems, but, but not you. Let me ask you, do you believe that the earth is round? You have a belief about that. It's already established. Do you ponder that regularly? Hmm, I wonder if the earth is round or flat. No, you don't ponder it. You don't think about it. It doesn't impact your decisions. Because you've already decided whether the earth is round or flat. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's people that think the earth is flat? Yes, there is. I almost feel uh, somewhat silly or ashamed to have to uh, tell you to do this, but Google it. Google Flat Earth Society. There's people who believe that the earth is flat. And because of that belief, they're unwilling to travel for fear that they might fall off the earth. Now that may sound silly. But how, how did you determine that the earth is round? Did you 
Did you get far enough up into space that you could look back and see that the earth was round? Did you orbit all the way around it to determine that it is indeed a globe? What evidence do you have to prove that the earth is round? And I'm not trying to tell you it isn't. But just like that young lady who listened or believed somebody else as far as Ford's being junk and Chevy's being good, without making her own decision, she just listened to somebody else, we've done the same thing. Not just with our decision about whether the earth is round or flat, but all kinds of other things that are determining our futures. We all have beliefs that are not true and are holding us back. And the only way they're going to change is if we do something about it. And next week, I'm going to help you understand a little bit deeper what we can do to change our mind, our thinking, our beliefs, our habits, our lives, and the lives of every person that's connected to us. Our thanks to Hank Wagner for joining us this week. And a reminder for more resources and other podcasts, go to pdpw.org. To the professional dairy producers, you are the most important asset on this planet. Thank you for listening. And have a great week. Brought to you by the PDPW, Dairy's professional development organization. More details at pdpw.org.